Good morning, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday for Torch Report 407, friends, the existential battle of wills. There is no doubt that our country right now is in the midst of an existential crisis, and I believe that our founding documents provide us the, the blueprint to the solutions, the practical solutions to this existential crisis. But before we get into all of that, let me just start out with a short disclaimer here. I am prone to speak my mind. <laughs> sometimes it's tactfully, sometimes very diplomatically, sometimes gently, other times somewhat forcefully, but I am prone to speak my mind. There are certain times when I'll refrain from speaking on account of maybe it provides no value to the conversation or it doesn't really help the situation now, but most of the time I'm just going to speak my mind. I speak from the heart. I always have. I always will. There are other times, of course, that I do hold back for the sake of discretion, and as I'm broadcasting and podcasting, there are some things I can and cannot say uh, with different implications, shall we say. So I, I mentioned that this morning because yesterday my wife indicated that maybe I had said too much, and... That was in yesterday's report, Torch Report 406. The future is in our hands. I was really trying to just say, look at what's going on here. We got to do something. You know, when is enough enough? You know, what are we going to do about it? And I, she was expressing that, you know, maybe, maybe I'd pushed the envelope a little bit too far there. And I told her ultimately I was not afraid. Nothing that I said was not true. I wasn't inciting a riot or telling anybody to do anything violent or wrong. Uh, just pointing out some obvious things here. You know, when lawlessness abounds, when, when criminals are in charge and, you know, running amok and trampling our rights, then you don't have to. You don't have to do what they say, even though they tell you you have to. You don't have to. Anyway, so that's that greatest superstition, if you recall. If you've been with me for a while, The Greatest Superstition, uh, written by Larkin Rose, it's the title of a book, actually. But The Greatest Superstition is that any human being has authority over another. They don't have the authority to force, force you into compliance. At any rate, I was telling her, you know, I'm, you know, the day that we can't speak the truth for fear of state retaliation... That's the day that we have nothing else to lose. J you know, just like the whole, sir, you got to mask up. Sir, you got to put a mask on. You know, all that. You know, people were telling me, that's not the hill to die on, dude. Just mask up and do your part. I'm like, no, you know. I strongly disagree with the notion that anybody has the right to restrict my breathing, to steal my smile, to stifle my voice, etc. And I'm willing to fight for that, okay? You know, verbal war, you know, sparring, verbal sparring, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, literally, if somebody was to try to come, you know, put a mask on my face, I'll punch you in the nose kind of a thing, you know. So these restrictions, like restricting breathing, you know, covering your face, you know, stifling your voice and all that, these are heinous violations of basic human rights. Hence, the constitutionally protected right to free speech among other rights that are constitutionally protected, uh, you know, and this precedent as documented in our Declaration of Independence, the precedent of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that shall not be infringed by government overreach and abuse and corruption and usurpations, as it is written. 
We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends. It is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall most likely affect their safety and happiness. That's a direct quote from the Declaration of Independence, ratified by the Second Continental Congress, July 4th, 1776. Now, the truth is self-evident. We are born with certain unalienable rights, and among them, not all of them, but among them, included but not limited to, among them, our life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We certainly have more rights than just those three, but those three alone, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that's a broad swath of freedom. So we're going to break this down just a little bit, but I want to skip ahead to the fun, fun part first. The fun part, my favorite line there is, quote, Whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it. End quote. It does not say... Only when the government gives you permission once every four years or so, you can vote to change some things, but only what the rules and regulations dictated by the government say you can change. That's not, that, that's not what the Declaration of Independence says. It says quite clearly, whenever the government becomes destructive to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, it is the right of the people to abolish it. Oh, that's a big, strong, powerful word. To abolish means to destroy completely, according to the dictionary. Just FYI. I did put a little screenshot in here, friends. I took some screenshots from the dictionary today. Friends, if you're listening on a podcast platform, please know you just have to go to thetorchreport.com and you can see the screenshot of the definition of abolish, which is to destroy completely. So sticking with, you know, this plain speak, the Declaration of Independence says that we the people have the right to completely destroy the government anytime the government becomes destructive to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, I want to point out that our right to destroy the government comes before the government completely destroys life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? So when the government becomes destructive, we have the right to destroy it. Now, does the government give us the right to destroy the government? Well, no. <laughs> Obviously not. Where does that right come from? Ah, that's right. Those certain unalienable rights that we are endowed by our Creator, that means regardless of whether you go to church or not, uh, whatever your religious affiliation may or may not be, wherever you stand on the spiritual spectrum, we are born with this right. We are endowed by our creator. We are born with this right, and therefore it cannot be taken away. This right to abolish the government is inherent and innate in human nature. 
this right to rise up and completely destroy those who would become destructive to our way of life, who would restrict our liberty and impinge upon our happiness and try to rule us by force. We have the right to resist. Only tyrants try to restrict liberty, to destroy happiness, or to rule by force. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think this is extremist rhetoric? To say that we're born with the right to destroy the government. Is that extremist rhetoric? You are a far-right-wing extremist. You're a domestic terrorist. No, friends. Did I just conjure up this idea that we're born with the right to destroy the government? Did I just pull this concept out of my hat? No, I didn't. I just read the Declaration of Independence. You know, these, these are prescient, powerful, and inspiring words. The words of Americans, America's founding document. Americans would be wise to go back and reread that. You know, this document, the Declaration of Independence, has been well-respected throughout history. It's not an extremist document. The Declaration of Independence spells out truths that are as timeless as nature itself. And these truths are self-evident and they are highly applicable to where we're at today. And just to reiterate here, the truth is we are born with the right to destroy, completely destroy any form of government that tramples our liberties and becomes destructive to our way of life. That comes directly from the Declaration of Independence. It's rooted in reality that exists outside of people's interpretations of a reality. But I want to point something else out here. These natural-born rights are unalienable. And I know we've heard that word plenty of times, but what does it really mean, right? You know, if you think about it, when else do you ever hear or use the word unalienable? Unless, of course, you're reading or quoting the Declaration of Independence. So I want to take a little bit of a look at it here. Uh, the definition of unalienable is to not be separated or not to be taken away. And so we have certain unalienable rights. So our natural right to destroy the government whenever it becomes destructive, it's not something that can be separated from human nature, nor can it be taken away. But friends, that's not all that word means, unalienable. Take note of the third definition. If you're looking at the screenshot and following along here, you'll see that the third uh, definition of unalienable is not alienable. Okay. And these, you know, wordplay legal terms here, but that it's, what is that not alienable? What does that mean exactly? Well, not alienable or not alienable means not transferable. It means not transferable ownership. So these rights are ours and it can never be anyone else's. You can't transfer the ownership. The right is not capable of being transferred to say, you know, for instance, to a tyrannical government that's actively destroying every aspect of our lives. Ah, we've, we've got to take that right from you. No, you can't because it's inherent and innate in my human nature. It's unseparable. Now, another way of reading unalienable is to say that our rights are not for sale. In fact, the word applies that our rights cannot be sold. If you get into the root word alienable or alienable, you know, our, our rights cannot be separated. They cannot be sold. Even if one were woefully inclined to attempt trading these rights for the illusion of safety, it still cannot be done. The rights are embedded in our DNA. Now, 
Enough wordplay. <laughs> Let's go ahead and zoom out a little bit here, friends. Zoop! Go way out for a second. I put a screenshot again. Remember that lady, uh, Miss Porter? You know, she was sitting in Congress and said that uh, free speech is a free-for-all hellscape. You know, this lady, uh, congressional representative from Orange County, California. She has three kids, no husbands, and plenty of cats. But she busted out that cute little whiteboard in, in the congressional hearing to spell out this insanity for all the world to see. To claim that free speech is a free-for-all hellscape is not only utterly absurd, completely un-American, and in gross violation of the First Amendment, it is, in fact, an insidious ploy to shut people down, to shut down political scent, right? Uh, and just to be clear here, this crazy lady is not alone in her convictions. Remember how liberals used to always be about free speech and all that kind of stuff? Well, now liberals are all about, you know, free-for-all hellscape. Oh, free-for-all hellscape. We can't have uh, hate speech. It's violence. <laughs> have you ever been punched in the nose? That's violence, you know. Hate speech, not so much. Now, this lady, like many others, has been carefully groomed and conditioned to believe this insanity that free speech is a free-for-all hellscape. And... No doubt she accepts that the only solution to this perceived problem is for the government to clamp down and control public discourse. They do that by censoring free speech, i.e. silencing you and then punishing anyone who dares to say otherwise. Friends, this is tyranny at its finest. However, what I really want to focus on here is to drill down on the mechanics of human interaction. You know, understanding where do these natural rights come from, you know, from the creator, that's fine. But can, can we understand it logically? Like, how did they get to that point to write it down in the Declaration of Independence? Can you imagine the natural reaction of someone trying to forcefully cover your face with a cloth? What would you do? Well, you'd fight back, right? I mean, just instinctively, you'd fight back. They're trying to suffocate you. Ah! The same could be said for someone uh, if they tried to grab you and detain you against your will, as in like kidnapping, right? You would instinctively fight back. These instincts are innate in our human nature, and they form the basis of our natural-born rights. It's not just that we have the right not to be kidnapped or not to be suffocated. It's that we have a right to be left alone, to go where we want to go and do what we want to do. And whenever someone tries to interfere or stop us from going and doing what it is that we want to do, then we instinctively rebel. This is the pursuit of happiness aspect of our independence. You know, the Declaration of Independence reminds us that we're free to pursue our own happiness. And whenever the government becomes destructive to this pursuit, we have the right to alter or abolish it. It's really just that simple. You know, Thomas Jefferson, he, he very eloquently spelled out the natural expression of human instinct, telling the whole world what's really worth fighting for. And there are just a couple more points here I want to make today, friends. Uh, reading, again, from the Declaration, the following passage says that to secure these rights... Governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. And whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and institute a new government, 
laying its foundations on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Now, it doesn't say that the government gets to define what makes us happy, right? It says that the people get to define, organize on the principles that make them happy. Now, the government is instituted to secure our basic rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And like I said, you know, think about how broad those terms are. Our government was formed to protect our lives and our liberties so that we could go about our lives in pursuit of happiness. Well, how do we pursue happiness? Well, we pursue happiness by going and doing what we want to go and do, by speaking our minds, by spending time with our loved ones, etc. But friends, the point is, everyone has different preferences and pleasures. This is why freedom is the most good for the most people, by the way. You know, we like to do different things. We like to go different places and even love different people. And it is a basic human right to do so. So our constitution and our government is is instituted to protect this right. This right extends to all people, whether we agree with them or not, which is really important. Because it's not, you know, this right is not a, a legal right or a moral right or just it's right. It's, it's because this right to go and do and be and love, it's inherent in human nature. Again, it's inseparable from the expression of our being. And to try to suffocate someone's being, that's tyranny. Now, the second point from that passage is I, I want to, and it's the last point I'm going to make today. I see the time here, friends. Uh, I, I want to emphasize that just power only comes through consent. Governance, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That's how it reads. What power does the government have? None, if we do not consent, right? If we do not consent, that's not just power, that's tyranny. So if the government tries to force us into compliance say with radical environmental policies or some outrageous and completely arbitrary taxes, that's not just. That's tyranny. Just to be very, very clear, screenshot here of tyranny, the definition of tyranny is unjust or oppressive governmental power. Tyranny is unjust or oppressive governmental power. If the government forces us against our will, and we do not consent, it has become unjust. If the government restricts life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, it has become oppressive. It is not rocket science. Friends, that is the exact definition of tyranny, and the prescription has been made clear. We have the right to alter or to abolish, i.e. to completely destroy the government before they completely destroy us. We are, in fact, in an existential battle of wills, and we have every right in the world to defend ourselves, friends. The truth is self-evident. Please do not be afraid to speak it, and that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to click the email, go to the website and click the heart. Give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace the rest of this thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.